This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 52 degrees in downtown Boise. Yeah, that's still uh, fairly warm, but yeah. uh, we are going to see a big uh, drastic turn by this uh, upcoming weekend. First frost of the year is uh, expected Friday night into Saturday morning. Did you get any rain last night in uh, Nampa? Nampa, I did not. We, However, we, uh, as soon as we, I hit um, just Boise. the other side of Nampa, it started raining oh. Yeah, we got a ton in West Boise. Yeah, it, it, it's coming down pretty good here. Uh, by the way, 10 inches of snow expected in the mountains over the next few days. Not not enough to open any my, of the ski resorts, but you got your first base coming. My lawn has never looked this good. I and, know. And most years, I just, most years I just say, my lawn has never looked good. <laughs> Looking really good. Uh, it's I, green. The I, whole thing is green. It's weird. I don't know whether to feel embarrassed about this or proud, uh, but our neighborhood now has three houses with christmas lights on it oh well well uh, we're not yeah. by the way uh halloween is not until next week that's true I, yeah i can see how you'd be a tad conflicted went out last night um and uh, feed the fish and i look around and it's like uh within six houses of me three chris uh, three houses had their christmas lights on well. now unfortunately one of those la- houses was mine um they put up the christmas lights yesterday and i didn't realize that they ha- had them already set to the uh timer friend of mine so I, I turned them off because I like Christmas lights early. A week before Halloween is a little too early for me. A friend of mine, uh, when he would pass a house that was just completely elaborately decked out with Christmas lights, he, uh, he was very cynical. He used to say, wow, those people must be really religious. <laughs> uh, a couple things we'll talk about this morning. I, I had hoped that it wasn't going to be Groundhog Day again. But it's Groundhog Day again. Lots of drama again yesterday in the race for the speaker. Yeah. The House yesterday, as we were leaving, had put forward just at, at, at this actually came out just after the end of the uh, show yesterday that Representative Emmer had been chosen by the uh, Republicans to be their choice mm-hmm. as the Speaker of the House. And how long was it before that uh, was? A couple uh, hours. Uh, yeah, it didn't last very long. And then all of a sudden, Emmer said, wait a minute, what the hell was I thinking? I don't want the job. <laughs> he probably started talking to people and uh, you know, was informed, here's what we expect from you. Uh, no, I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm I, not gonna do any of that. Yeah, I know. He didn't give a reason, but he, he dropped out of the race after he, after everything that happened. Yeah. After all the votes and the people dropping out, and it finally came down, um, you know, to him and Mike Johnson, and he won over Mike Johnson, and then he, he, like I said, the only thing mm-hmm. I can figure out is like, well, wait a minute, um, I, I don't, really don't want this job, so I'm dropping out. So now, instead of, uh, Emmer, it will be, Mike Johnson as the nominee for the Speaker of the House. The expectation is noon today. That's the the best that I've heard. The uh, House is supposed to vote on the uh, new Speaker. Now, if you think this is a slam dunk because, hey, they've gone through the process and this is the guy that they put forward and all the people that were running against him all promised to publicly support whoever it was that got put forward... There were still 40 people who voted other yeah. 
in the in, uh, uh, Republican, uh, according to inside sources, in the uh, in the caucus yesterday look, in their secret vote. Looked at in terms of a, a slam dunk, uh, they got the ball and leaped up into the air three weeks ago, and have not yet scored. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know what's going to happen today, um, and like I said, this is going to happen at the end of our show at noon is basically 10 a.m. our time. So um, we're not going to know what's going on unless, for some reason, you, you never hear this happening. They decide to meet earlier. Um, Nate Shellman might have the results a little bit later this afternoon, and we'll talk about I'm, it. But as of this morning, I'm we're probably not going to find out. I'm looking at it this way. With all the time they've spent finding a uh, Speaker of the House, the next one's probably going to be the best one we've ever had. Gosh, you almost said that with a straight face. No, I, I didn't. Really. Um, I said almost. I was pin- I was pinching my wrist. <laughs> Stock market uh, yesterday did uh, very well, up two hundred points. The close over two hundred points yesterday. Uh, Dow futures this morning are up ninety points as of right now. Um, that would be two good days in a row. Um, we can't have that, so no, we'll find out from no. Jeremiah Bates what the hell's going on and how do we stop this. It's a trick. I just don't know who it is doing the trick. Yeah, I don't know that either. Um, another thing we uh, are going to talk about this morning, um, this happened yesterday. Another one of the uh, Trump lawyers yesterday cut a deal um, that makes four. This is the case going on in uh, Georgia as of right now. Um, Sydney Powell, this is an in- interesting one to me. Sydney Powell um, cut her deal last week. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the Sydney Powell got a slap on the wrist. Um, the name of the person yesterday cut, uh, what's her name? Um, who cut a deal got even less than a slap on the wrist. Wait till I give you the details of, um, what she got charged, uh, or had to plead guilty and what her punishment is. Um, but Sydney Powell, apparently, if you plead guilty to cases and this is this is something we talked about when Sidney Powell agreed to plead guilty and in return testify for the prosecution if you plead guilty uh, you don't have to necessarily believe what you've just pled guilty to all right because Sidney Powell is still pushing claims that the 2020 election was rigged and prosecutors extorted her for her guilty plea in the election interference case. Right. So um, even though she's pled guilty, she's saying she's not guilty and that she was extorted yeah. to get that guilty plea. And it's just weird to me because you would think that that would have put it, been put in the deal. It's like, <laughs> all right, you're pleading guilty and you can't talk about anything except for the fact that you are now officially guilty. So you can't say you're not guilty after you've pled guilty. Did you Did you see Jen Ellis on, on TV yesterday? I did not. Uh, she actually was crying while she was uh, confessing, uh, you know, telling that I'm guilty of this and I'm guilty of that and all that sort of thing. I don't know how sincere it was, but she, you know, did have tears in her eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, and, so and Mark Meadows, too. Mark Meadows brief, got... Uh, chief of staff, not just the attorneys. Now, he didn't make a plea deal, and this is on the, this is on the uh, January 6th deal. He got limited immunity. So he didn't he didn't plead uh, guilty. He's got limited um, immunity. I like, that, I like that term, limited immunity, because it kind of seems like everybody has limited immunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then the other thing we're going to talk about, we've got an update in the uh, case of the uh, pilot 
that we told you about yesterday uh, with 83 charges of attempted murder plus a bunch of other charges. Harry S. Schruman? Um, His name is Joseph Emerson. Mm. um, And a couple of the things, uh, number one was he claimed that he had tried mushrooms. Psilocybin. For the first time in his life. 48 hours before. Now, I've never done mushrooms. I don't do drugs. He should have tried the kind that you have in, like, beef stroganoff. Well, and I don't know if mushrooms, if that's going to be a good defense, because um, I don't know if you're still affected by mushrooms 48 hours after you've taken them. My guess would be no, but I really couldn't tell you. Yeah, I I don't know either. Like I said, I've never done mushrooms. I don't even, haven't even talked to anybody uh, who, oh, you're waving your hand? Derek said he's done mushrooms before. Is that is that what you you, you were raising your hand? In spaghetti sauce. Oh, then, okay. Complete. Again, see, again, Derek, different, very, different mushrooms. Very similar to the ones in in uh, you know beef stroganoff. Completely different mushrooms. Uh, they do not have any psychedelic effects. Uh, but he also claimed, and and this one I do know um, just from medical people talking about it. He said he had been up for forty straight hours. Mm. That's never good. You, no. Yeah, you, you, that's not a good thing. Um, but we'll talk more about that. Some of the other things he had to say um, in his court hearing uh, yesterday to uh, hear the charges. So those are some of the things we're talking about. Phone lines are open this morning. If you want to give us a call, 208-336-3700. Don't forget, more Jason Mraz tickets coming your way. <sighs> Not even on sale. You'll be the second person in the state of Idaho to have Jason Mraz tickets uh, because we gave away a pair yesterday, um, and then they don't go on sale till Friday morning. So we've yeah. got those. We've got Boise State. And then State's. all you have to do is keep track of them for the next 10 months. We've got Boise State football tickets. We're going to give those away. So all the details on that and more all coming up for you this morning here on Newstock KBOI. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go, especially on a day like this. You want nice, good, hot, delicious food when it's starting to get cold, rainy, and wet. Get into Pork Belly in uh, downtown Cuna today. They open up in 45 minutes for breakfast. Game one of the World Series is set for Friday night at 6 on Fox. It'll be the Arizona Diamondbacks at the Texas Rangers. Tuesday, the Diamondbacks eliminated Philadelphia in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series 4-2. to Arizona outfielder Corbin Carroll hit three singles and drove in two runs in the win. Outfielder Ketel Marte was named Series MVP, batting three eighty seven with seven singles, four doubles, and a triple. The Boise State women's golf team finished in sixth place Tuesday at the Clash at Boulder Creek in Boulder City, Nevada. The Broncos were six under par for the three-day tournament, which is a new team record for 54 holes. Individually, Boise State's Leah Chung tied for fifth place at six under. Teal Matsueda tied for 20th at two under. And Franca Poila tied for 22nd at one under. Rihanna Mission of the University of San Francisco was the tournament winner at 11 under par. And Long Beach State took the team title at 25 under, which was 11 strokes better than second place San Francisco. So you said uh, Boise State was six six, six yeah. under par? Maybe next time they'll play up to par and uh, can do a little Ba-dum-sh. bit better. Yeah, they'd have finished about uh, 30th if they'd have been up to par. Maybe they could get some help from Chai Chai Rodriguez. <laughs> that is sports. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
That was uh, Richard Roundtree, mm-hmm. a scene from uh, Shafts. He was a bad mother. He was a good. Shut your mouth. He was a good father, though. Richard Roundtree passed away uh, yesterday at the age of uh, 81 of pancreatic cancer. Mm. So before anybody calls up and asks, he was 81, but do you know what he died of? Who is the man? He did not pass away from taking part in uh, Bike Week. And it, he, he didn't get uh, vaccinated either. Uh, 81 years old. This, this, so this means the, the beginning of three because we had three before. So for those of you who believe that these things happen in three, keep your mm-hmm. eyes out. There should be two more coming here uh, very shortly. KBOI News Time 625. Uh, reminder that we have Boise State tickets coming up here shortly. Uh, as a matter of fact, 7 o'clock hour today is when you're going to be able to text us and, and when don't. Text us now. We always get people to start texting early. You will not be considered. We uh, do not consider those people who text before it's time to text in on the grand prize drawing. So you'll have from about uh, 7 o'clock until 7.55 this morning to text us and win. And you believe me, we are rigid rule followers. Yes, we always always have been. We we may not be rigid rule followers, but we're rigid rule enforcers. There we go. Yeah. So that's almost, um, that's almost the same thing. That's just one of the things we have for you this morning. The other is the tickets to Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz will be here next August. Yes, uh, I know that's a long ways away. The tickets go on sale beginning Friday morning, so we will have a chance for you later this morning to uh, text and win those tickets. We'll give you the details on that after we give away the Boise State uh, tickets. But once again, uh, we've got Boise State. Jason Mraz. Uh, we also have the $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs that we'll be giving away with our Casper and Chris Stamney or Impossible Question, which uh, we'll let you start working on coming up here in about 25 minutes. Keep in mind, phone lines open as they usually are this morning, 208-336-3700. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. Always encouraged to take part in the show, and you can also do that by giving us an email through chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Correction is still looking for one of two inmates who walked away from the South Boise Women's Correctional Center yesterday. IDOC says 26-year-old Alita Jakinde and 22-year-old Elaine Martin were last seen at the prison around 7 o'clock last night. Jakinde was taken back into custody just before midnight last night, but IDOC says Martin is still at large. That's her on your screen. She's described as 5'6", weighing 230 pounds. She's got blue eyes and brown hair. She was last seen wearing blue nursing scrubs. If you have any information, please reach out to police as soon as possible. So, one of them still missing. Somebody might want to check a football team somewhere. Other than being, you know, only five foot six, two hundred thirty pounds. The other uh, one that they found, uh, four foot eleven, two hundred and thirty pounds. So, slightly easier to catch. I, that's what I'm thinking. All right. I mean, evidence would say that. I have a funny feeling that uh, because this is a a minimum security prison well yeah and they were on a work project and they just walked away yeah i i I mean uh, and and the whole 
there's no fences at this facility where they were staying. You're on your honor. I have a funny feeling neither one of them is going to be returned to that place. <laughs> yeah, turns out we can't trust your honor. Uh, we got an email in on this says, you wouldn't believe how easy it is to get out of there. I go there quite a bit for work. Where I go to, they have about 40 women working, no fences, nothing. You could just walk out the door and head north and you're gone. Also, there's a men work, men's workshop I've been to. The guard in charge needed to inspect a shipment and ask one of the inmates for his blade to open up the package. What? He literally pulled out a razor blade utility knife out of his pocket. I was shocked. But with the woman, there's sometimes only one person in charge. They're in the office on their computer. Super easy just to walk off and nobody would notice. Now I don't know if these women came from that area, but I'd willing to be bet that they did. Look, a jackrabbit. One of you inmates, hand me a gun. <laughs> uh, how crazy. What? I get that it's minimum, minimum security, but you're allowed to have a razor blade? That's pretty minimum. Pocket knife, utility knife. You know what I'm talking about. Those yeah. of you who, uh, it, I mean, it's not just a razor blade. It's an actual knife that is razor sharp. Anyway, once again, um, if you have information about Elaine Martin, 22 years old, five foot six, 230 pounds, blue eyes, brown hair, uh, last seen wearing blue scrubs, you're asked to uh, call 911. And uh, help to uh, get her rounded back up. I, I'm very, I don't know whether I'm shocked or impressed. Uh, I really thought both of these two people, because usually that's what happens. You, you, you know, somebody makes an escape, unless it's an elaborate planned out escape and they have lots of help from outside. Usually you see people escaping from prison or work yeah. release programs uh, are rounded up fairly quickly. But uh, well, and quite often they stick together. My guess is that they probably, you know, this one probably has some help somewhere to be able to hide for this long. Because yeah. she's not just, you know, sitting in someone's backyard in the uh, bushes or, or something going, you can't see me. Is but, that what people usually do? Or? Well, a lot of, I mean, if you don't have somebody who's going to let you into your house, where are you going? Yeah, good point. Right? KBY News Time 645. Uh, let's get another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go for breakfast and lunch, opening up in 15 minutes as they do every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Some of the brec- best breakfasts you're going to find anywhere. And don't forget, if you love breakfasts, they allow you to eat breakfast. It's not like some of the uh, fast food places where, sorry, it's after 10, we can't serve you breakfast anymore. You can get breakfast during lunch at the Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. It was opening night Tuesday in the NBA. Center Nikola Jokic registered a triple-double with 29 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists to lead the Denver Nuggets past the Lakers, 119-107. LeBron James played just 29 of 48 minutes, but led Los Angeles with 21 points. And Phoenix beat Golden State 108-104 in San Francisco. Guard Devin Booker scored 32 points for the Suns. Center Yusuf Nurkic added 14 rebounds. There are 12 games scheduled tonight including Sacramento at Utah and Portland at the Los Angeles Clippers. Game one of the World Series is set for Friday night at 6 on Fox. It will be the Arizona Diamondbacks at the Texas Rangers, an all-Southwest series. Tuesday, the Diamondbacks eliminated Philadelphia in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series 4-2. to Arizona outfielder Corbin Carroll hit three singles and drove in two runs in the win. Outfielder Ketel Marte was named Series MVP, batting three eighty seven with seven singles, four doubles, and a triple. 
That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We begin with trouble developing for Meta. Today, more than 40 attorneys general filing suit against the company. The main allegation that Meta designed its products, Facebook and Instagram, to be addictive to younger users. The suits also claim Meta has misled the public about those dangers. With us now is Brian Schwalb, attorney general for Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Appreciate you having me. What does the success of this lawsuit hinge on? Well, the lawsuit that we filed in the D.C. Superior Court here in Washington, D.C., alleges uh, deceptive and unfair trade practices under our Consumer Protection Act. We are seeking to hold Meta accountable for engaging in deceptive and dangerous uh, business practices, putting out an addictive product designed to hook young people into spending more time on their screens and creating massive amounts of harm. Our lawsuit will seek monetary redress as well as injunctive relief to make sure that Meta changes its practices that are otherwise causing great harm to residents here in the District of Columbia and across the country. Hmm. Did they say which aspects of it in particular were addictive? Um, In their complaint, the state state said meta had designed psychologically manipulative projects featured to induce young users compulsive and extended use of platforms like instagram mm-hmm. companies algor- algorithms were designed to push children and teenagers into rabbit holes of toxic and harmful content with features like infinite scroll and persistent alerts used to hook young users. The attorneys general also charged Meta with a uh, violating a federal children's online privacy law, accusing it of unlawfully collecting the personal data of its youngest users without their parents' consent. So it's like advertising. Well, and, and I guess maybe that's the question here: is is this illegal or is this good business? Yeah, I mean, who who wouldn't want to have a business? I mean, is is uh, is Disneyland designed to be, uh, you know, fun? Yeah, and it's not a problem because it makes you want to go back there and spend more money. I and I think you could say, you know, as an adult, how much I, I don't know about you, but I spend I spend a, quite a lot of time every day perusing through Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram. I will say my wife does the same thing. It's it's kind of something well, it, fun to do when you're bored. It, 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 but the lawsuit wasn't on, on behalf of us, though. It was on behalf of the of No, children, but I, children, I, I say youth. that. I, I bring that up because mm-hmm. as an adult, you have to agree that it's addictive, right? Kind of. If it's addictive for an adult, why wouldn't it be addictive for a child? Now, here here's where I do see a certain amount of a problem in this. Who's in charge of watching your your kids, Meta, or you as the parent? <laughs> so I guess it's the parents who are suing. Well, it's the states. Don't make it look like I'm not doing yeah, my it, job. It's the states that are suing, but it's on behalf of parents because mm-hmm. their kids are big. Everybody knows that has used Facebook or Instagram. There are ways to put parental suppression on those. Yeah. And other Like, for apps. instance, don't buy your child anything electronic. There's one way. Right. But there's actual ways that you can put parental controls on the actual app. True. That won't allow your kids Physically, to use possible. the app. Right. Or to 
throttle how much use. You can put it down to that my kids only get to be on it when they're signed in for 15 minutes a day. Now, and that, that, and that if you have a slow system, that could really mess them up. <laughs> now, that's part of the problem that I see in this. However, there are some problematic things for Meta also. And some of that thing, it's unusual for so many states to come together to sue a tech giant for consumer harms. Um, but this coordination shows that states are prioritizing the issue of children and online safety. And this is kind of something similar that states had previously done against big tobacco and big pharma companies. Phil Weiser, Colorado's attorney general, said in a statement, just like big tobacco and vaping companies have done in years past, Meta chose to maximize its profits at the expense of public health, specifically harming the health of the youngest members among us. Now, we're not talking about physical health as in... Um, but mental health. Right? Yeah, that, as that in seems like vaping and, and smoking products. Difficult to prove. That's, that's, what, I've, that's what I'm wondering. Now... Here, here's something that could be problematic for Meta because concerns about this really started to rise uh, back in September of 2021 after a woman by the name of Frances Haugen, a former Facebook employee, leaked company research indicating mm-hmm. that the company knew its platforms posed mental health risks to young people. Shoot. There's always something in a memo. And shortly thereafter, I, I don't know if you remembered, but Facebook was working on a program, an app, called Instagram Kids. You remember that? No. Um, They were working on an app specifically designed for kids, but after that leaked memo came out, Facebook announced that it was pausing the development of Instagram Kids. Even with that, though, and like I said, that's going to be problematic when when this thing comes to court, that leaked company research because that, that indicates the company knew that its platforms did pose mental health risks for young people. True. But once again, how much responsibility falls to Facebook or Meta, as I said, because they, they have WhatsApp, they have Instagram, they have Facebook, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different apps. How much of that responsibility should fall to Meta and how much should be falling to parents? Because uh, parents aren't blameless on this thing. Right? True. You know, and there are a lot of products that I would call somewhat addictive just because they're fun and people like fun. Got something to do with, you know, endorphins and whatnot. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they should be illegal. Uh, Some people, I'm sure, will try to overindulge in them because some people think fun every second of the day (laughs) is is the goal. I mean, some people claim I have an addiction to uh, diet squirt especially since I just had my son bring a pickup load from Oregon because I can't find it here and delivered it to me. How many cases is a pickup load? Uh, 18. Shut up. I know I have a problem, okay? I'm not saying anything. Derek is over here laughing. I know. I've got got a monkey on my back, and I can't get it off. And I'm I'm looking at you funny, but I'm not saying anything. (laughs) Should 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 I be suing the company that makes Diet Squirt because they've hooked me? They knew that I was going to possibly be hooked on it. Do you know who makes Diet Squirt? Um, I think it's either Pepsi or Coke. It's a company that has lots of money. It's either it's either, I can't remember which one. It's either distributed by Pepsi or Coke. Hang on, I'm probably 
I find Those out. Those evil, evil people. We have other things to do, though, but, you know. We'll talk a little more about this and get your thoughts. If you want to email us right now, you can. Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Coming up after uh, this update on sports, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates about what's going on with the stock market this morning. This update on sports brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown Cuna, the place to go when you want not only lots of food, but lots of delicious food. They're there every day, really early in the morning, uh, making their deliciousness a, from scratch. It's Keurig Dr. Pepper. They're the ones that make squirt. Keurig Dr. Yeah. Pepper. And who owns those companies? So you have to do a digger deep, but you got to do sports know. right now. Yeah, that's true. Sports. Uh, game one of the uh, World Series set for Friday night at 6 on Fox. It'll be the Arizona Diamondbacks at the Texas Rangers. Tuesday, the Diamondbacks eliminated Philadelphia in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series 4-2. Arizona outfielder Corbin Carroll hit three singles and drove in two runs in the win. Outfielder Ketel Marte was named Series MVP. He batted three eighty seven with seven singles, four doubles, and a triple. The Boise State women's golf team finished in sixth place Tuesday at the Clash at Boulder Creek in Boulder City, Nevada. The Broncos were six under par for the three-day tournament, which is a new team record. Individually, Boise State's Leah Chung tied for fifth place at six under. Teal Matsueda tied for 20th at two under. And Franca Poila tied for 22nd at one under. Rihanna Mission of the University of San Francisco was the tournament winner at 11 under. And Long Beach State took the team title at 25 under par, which was 11 strokes better than second place San Francisco at sports. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Don't forget, still have a chance to text Broncos to 208-336-3700. Up to 17 more minutes to go ahead and do that. Coming up here uh, about an hour from right now, maybe about 50 minutes, is the dream of home ownership in America over because of the prices of homes? Is the housing market about to implode like it did back in 2009? It's time to invest in shoes because people are just going to be walking around for the rest of their lives. With the uh, interest rates currently at 8%, will we ever see 3% rates again? Or is 8% just the beginning of the increase in interest rates? We're going to get the answer to those questions and many more when it comes to uh, housing. The uh, president of the National Association of Realtors, the largest trade group in the world with 1.6 million members, are going to be in talking with us coming this morning at about 8.30 about the housing market across the country. Also specifically about what's going on here in the Treasure Valley, and uh, if you uh, you want to buy a house and you, you just don't think you can ever do it again, um, is that going to be a possibility, or are you going to be renting for the rest of your life? Those are some of the questions we'll get asked uh, and answered coming up this morning, beginning at about 8.35, so tune in for that. We've been talking uh, about Meta being sued by attorneys uh, general uh, because of the use by kids. There's, there's another <laughs> interesting story that came out uh, day before yesterday billionaire elon musk has offered wikipedia did you see this yes has offered elon musk one billion dollars no he offered them that's why i said billion dollars offered wikipedia one billion dollars to do one thing mm-hmm. and if they do that thing he promises to give them a billion dollars and that is they have to change their name from wikipedia to dickopedia 
<sighs> now, uh, one user slash journalist... He's, he's so clever. ...suggested the online encyclopedia uh, company should take the deal, saying it can always change its name back after you collect your $1 billion. <laughs> you think and, he'd give them a billion dollars and um, allow them uh, the leeway to change it right back? Well, when uh, he posted on X formerly known as Twitter, which is owned by Elon Musk, uh, that, that he'd do that. Then uh, Elon Musk weighed back uh, in and said, um, you would have to change your name to Dickopedia for one year minimum. He said, I mean, I'm not a fool, LOL, he wrote. No, I, don't, he's, I don't know if you're offering a billion dollars for a company too. to change their name for a year. That sounds foolish to me. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, apparently he believes he's too rich to be a fool. If you owned Wikipedia, would you change your name? Nobody owns Wikipedia. I mean, oh, oh, Wikipedia is a, a nonprofit. And so they ask for donations from people who use Wikipedia, but they don't want any advertising at all. And uh, so they're not going to take his money. and They'll just keep asking for money from people. But he said he thinks that's really rude to ask users for money, which is weird because um, when he took over uh, uh, tw- uh, Twitter, he started accepting money for people to be verified. And so now you don't get verified because you really are somebody. You get verified because you paid mm-hmm. to be really somebody. By the way, uh, Wikipedia has $146 million per year in expenses. This would pay your expenses for quite a few years. Well, a few, yeah, seven or eight. Hey, Elon, Elon Musk, if they don't take you up on the deal... You can offer us the same deal for a billion dollars. I can't speak for Chris, but I will change the name um, to uh, Dick and Chris. I'd go along with that too. So it, yeah, you, we just it, it'd be the uh, the Dick Morning Show. I'd, I'd do it for half the money. <laughs> well, you'd have to because you'd be splitting it with me. I know. Yeah. So I, we would. Yeah. I if they won't take you up and you still have that billion dollars, go ahead and give us a call. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That would be uh, Mike Dixper and Chris Dixon. No, I didn't agree to that. You want the $1 billion or not? I Maybe. told you I would take half of it. I know. Do you want it? Well, you have to agree to that. You're going to have to change your name. And that's not what you said before. You're just changing it now. No, I'm not giving you my half. I'm if, not giving you half this, if you don't agree to change your name. If this weren't make-believe, I would really object. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, update for you on the uh, Alaskan Airlines pilot who has been charged with 83 charges of attempted murder. An Alaska Airlines pilot has pleaded not guilty to attempted murder charges, accused of trying to shut off the engines during a flight to San Francisco. Enter not guilty plea on all counts. Emerson was off duty, sitting in the cockpit jump seat, when authorities say he stood up, said, I'm not okay, and tried to pull the plane's T-handles. The pilot then grabbed Emerson's wrists and wrestled with Emerson for a few seconds for control of the aircraft before Emerson stopped. Officials say had Emerson pulled the handles all the way down, the plane would have turned into a glider within seconds. Story just keeps getting uh, crazy, crazier and crazier as we get more information. 
Yesterday, he appeared in Multnomah County courtroom on the uh, charges of attempted murder, single count of endangering an aircraft. Uh, As you heard there, his attorney entered a plea of not guilty. He initially, uh, according to court records, resisted, but the records say that Emerson settled down after a roughly 30-second struggle in the cockpit. Witnesses said Emerson peacefully walked to the back of the plane once the uh, struggle was over, and once seated in the back, he reportedly told a flight attendant, you need to cuff me right now or this is going to be really bad. As really? In, as if it wasn't really bad already. <laughs> so they ended up putting his wrists in a pair of flex cuffs. During a police interview, Emerson said he was having a nervous breakdown. He hadn't slept in 40 hours, felt dehydrated and tired, and he admitted to pulling the handles and said it di- he did it because I thought I was dreaming and I just wanted to wake up. Also, he said he was on mushrooms. He said he had taken, well, he wasn't on mushrooms. He said he had taken magic mushrooms 48 hours before. So at some point he'd been on mushrooms. He'd been on mushrooms two days before. He told police he'd been struggling with depression for six years and that one of his friends recently had died. Emerson said it was his first time taking mushrooms. When asked if he was trying to kill himself, Emerson did not answer the officer's question and instead reiterated he was trying to wake up and did not feel like this was real, although he says it feels real now. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, real the whole time, and it's getting real now. I don't know anything about magic mushrooms and their effects and how long they last. If you are still feeling the effects 48 hours later. So for those of you who have, I, I'm curious to know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Is it is it like alcohol? Is it like marijuana? Where if you do it, are you still you're not suffering for those things 48 hours later the effects of alcohol or or mushrooms if you if you stop 48 hours are mushrooms different let's see i'm just i'm just curious derek is uh, you did a, a google a google search and says the effects last 4 to 6 hours oh, okay. i know there are legal places in portland that you can go and take mushrooms but they make you stay there. You can't leave for, I think, four to six hours. And that could be the reason why, because the effects wear off eventually. In four to six hours. In four to six yeah, hours. There we go. The psychedelic effects appear around 20 minutes after ingestion and can last up to six hours. So even though he tried mushrooms Ooh, two like days before, it doesn't sound like the mushrooms would have been what affected. This, uh, this looks fun. It says physical effects may occur, including nausea, vomiting, euphoria, muscle weakness or relaxation, uh, drowsiness, and lack of coordination. Oh, I, I need me some of that. That sounds so fun. Maybe the euphoria. The rest of it doesn't the, the, Yeah, Even to get to the euphoria, I don't want to be thrown up. I, that's one of the worst things uh, I, I mean, think relaxation can, is can nice, but when you call it muscle weakness, it doesn't sound as nice. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right. uh, It is uh, all over except for the person to text us back. I have uh, texted you if you're one of the people who tried to win BSU tickets for the game against Wyoming. You have a text, so if you're one of the many people who texted, 
Check your text messages right now because I uh, need to get your name and some information from you. Plus, I'd like to announce uh, you as as the winner, as being the lucky winner so far this morning. It's just uh, one of our first lucky winners that we're going to have. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour uh, this morning, Jason Mraz concert tickets. You want Jason Mraz? You're going to have them. Jason will not even be here until next year. August 3rd. This will be the first visit. Well, by next year, it'll be the first time in seven years that he has uh, been here in the Treasure Valley. Uh, But you have a chance to get your tickets before anybody else because they don't go on sale till Friday morning. So win it before you can buy it. Nine o'clock hour, be listening in. I will tell you what to text. All right. It'll be different than yesterday, but I will tell you what to text and uh, win coming up here in the nine o'clock hour. Story out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia is just absolutely crazy. No one wants to be on vacation and get a call from their neighbor asking, did you hire somebody to tear your house down? <laughs> Man. Do you see this story? Yeah, they, and they didn't call before it started either. No, no. A woman in Georgia named Susan Hodson says that while she was away on vacation, a company called You Call It, We Haul It demolished a house that she owned, and she only heard about it when her neighbor called. Yeah. Now, the neighbor did confront the workers, and they supposedly, according to the neighbor, got nasty with her. So Susan sent a neighbor, uh, family member over to check their permit, and that's when the company said, oh, wait a minute, I guess we're at the wrong address. Oh, you're kidding. They, company, they, they, they demolished houses, and they were careless about which one they went to? Apparently. company told the local news that they are investigating how this happened and are working to resolve the mishap. But the family says they haven't heard anything from them, and it's been over a week. So it's unclear how they're going to make everything right. At the very least, the workers at You Call It, We Haul It uh, could haul away the mess that they made, but apparently they just, as soon as they tore down the house, they didn't do anything else. They just left it Mm. and drove away. Here's Susan Hodgson talking uh, about getting that call from uh, a neighbor. Did you hire somebody to tear your house down next door to me that's been boarded up for about 15 years? And I said, "Uh, no. She said, well, there's somebody over here just demolished the whole house and tore the whole house down. He told her to shut up and mind her own business. said, well, look, I want to see a permit or something. And he said, okay. Uh, He pulls it out and he says, oh, I'm at the wrong address. (laughs) And just packs everything up and leaves. And the house is deported. Down. Gone. Oopsie. I mean, they can get these people for that, right? I, I, you would think. I wonder, do um, demolition companies, I wonder if they have insurance for stuff like this when they screw up. Well, demolition companies do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah kind of interesting. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, a couple of uh, emails to uh, get to this morning, uh, we talked about uh, Meta being sued by uh, nearly every state now. Um, I think there's 41 states plus the uh, District of Columbia for enticing children, yeah. making Facebook, yeah, making not, uh, Instagram it's, it's, too fun for them to avoid. Not the same as you know offering them candy to get in your van, but apparently they're suing like it is. Jason at Caldwell uh, gets us uh, on text and writes, why aren't the parents being held accountable here? I guess that generation was ruined too. 
My ex agreed with me and banned social media with all of our kids. She finally recognized the influence of social media and her being a high school teacher, realized that social media played a part in every student at her school that committed suicide. That being said, social media is, in fact, psychologically addicting. You get dopamine and serotonin boosts, which are both addictive hormones. The likes and shares become psychologically uh, a conquest. With children whose brains are still developing, their brains get wired to become dependent on those hormone boosts. Children who can't garner the likes and follows of their more socially successful peers develop severe depression. Our kids grew up not knowing social media. The older four are now... Uh, young adults and doing very well. They don't seek social media attention, sexual attention, and uh, three of the four are engaged to be married. The younger three have encountered games that have their own messaging and social platforms inside the game, so it's a bigger fight that requires more energy to protect them and help them navigate good decision-making. All right. That's Jason and Caldwell. Well, thank you, Jason. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of the question when I when I heard about this and, and read about it is like, okay, how much I get it. And we talked about, you know, the, the leaked documents that came from uh, Meta back in 2021 that showed that they knew that their platforms were addictive and could be harmful to children. Yeah. You know, with that right there, that does make you bear some of the responsibility because you knew it was addictive, you knew it was bad, and yet you still did it because, once again, it's making money and you are in the business to make money. So many of those lawsuits against companies uh, come down to a memo that was supposed to be top secret. <laughs> yes. And Oh, my gosh. I think the worst so, thing you can do about something that's supposed to be top secret <laughs> is market top secret. I, I, I totally agree. Because then hang on to Yeah, it. I totally agree. It's like, oh, I could use this somewhere down the road. You're not wrong. Uh, we'll talk more about this if you want. If you want to email us, you can right now. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, you can text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. We'll take a break. When we come back, we have that $50 gift certificate up for grabs. Biscuit and hogs. Great food. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Open seven days a week. They've got happy hours seven days a week. And it's also going to be our sweet deal coming up here this Friday morning. But this $50 gift certificate is free if you can answer our Casper and Chris Damn near impossible question coming up next after Bronco Sports today. Remember, if you miss any, any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. The only number you need to know when it comes to real estate needs, 208-888-4128. Cameron is going to get first crack at our question uh, today. Now, Cameron, a few years back, study considered 30 different fragrances to determine which scents had the biggest effect on arousal, specifically in men. This is men only. They found the second most stimulating combination was black licorice and donuts. I can argue. The first most stimulating fragrance was lavender combined with this smell. What was it? Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie! You. Hey. See, we gave you the hint a little bit earlier this morning. Yeah, I gave the hint a little earlier. It would work on Chris. It would work mm-hmm. on you. I think it would work on our producer, Derek. 
Uh, me, not so much, because I can't stand the smell of pumpkin pie. I can't taste I smell do, of taste of I, pumpkin pie. I do like it. I don't see myself getting aroused by it, but I do like it. Yeah. Uh, see, now, there's a difference between <laughs> liking it um, and uh, also for for eating purposes or for this particular instance, yeah. arousal purposes. It does seem to be a difference. Yes. I do have to say the most sensual of all the salted and cured meats would be bacon, <laughs> and I, th- I can't believe that's not on the list. Mm. But congratulations, Cameron. You got a $50 gift certificate, um, and you know, you're going to get to go to Biscuit and Hogs, where you know that smell of uh, bacon uh, permeates that place. So just be careful if you walk in there, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a deal. We got uh, another $50 gift certificate to give away tomorrow and Friday. So if you didn't win this morning, still more chances for you to win. Just listen at the same time for your chance to win. And don't forget, if you don't win, ooh, we got a great deal for you this week. It's our uh, KBOI sweet deal coming up Friday morning. KBOI.com. Click on the sweet deal link. Now, you're going to want to do this. This is one of those that is sold out the second fastest we have ever had any one of our sweet deals. So, um, a matter of fact, I think every one of their sweet deals is sold out in under three minutes. So, if you're going to want to get this, do whatever it takes to remind you Friday morning because it will be going fast once again. You also have sweet deals still available today. If you want to check those out, there's dozens available. Go to KBOI.com, click on the sweet deal link. We'll take a break. News coming up next at the bottom of the hour. After that, we're going to be talking to the National Association of Realtors president. Is the dream of home ownership here in the Treasure Valley over? You've seen what the prices have uh, done over the last five years. Uh, interest rates. Nearly 8%. Even if the housing prices had not gone up, the difference between now and two years ago on a $500,000 house would be over $1,000 a month in payment. Wow. We'll talk about where interest rates are headed, where housing prices are headed as an implosion in the housing market like in 2008. Is that going to happen? We'll get some of those answers when we talk with her coming up here next. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 837, it is 46 degrees in downtown Boise and continuing to uh, rain this morning. One of those uh, people who have had to drive into the rain and just made it under the wire as promised... She is uh, fresh off her appearance on CNBC last week, president of the National Association of uh, Realtors, first person in Idaho ever to be elected to that, only the eighth woman in the 108-year history. She is also a broker, owner of her own brokerage. You hear it advertised here on uh, KBY. Well, you know a lot about her. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, also married to an amazing, wonderful man who hosts, uh, co-hosts a morning show here. You guys split up? Uh, <laughs> Tracy Casper is uh, with us this morning, and you were coming in uh, to uh, do some commercials. And uh, I kind of harangued you to said, well, if you ever, you're coming in to do commercials, can we get you on the air for a little while? Because this is kind of what you're traveling around the country talking about, and that is housing. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, and it's kind of an open question. First of all, thanks a lot for coming in extra early this morning. I appreciate it. Did I have a choice? No, not really. <laughs> okay, okay. Just making sure I understood. Um, <laughs> is the dream of home ownership over with what we've seen interest rates now are at eight nearly eight percent you've seen especially here i'm going to ask this both nationally but let's start locally 
because so many people are complaining that it's impossible to buy a home here in the Treasure Valley with what the the housing costs. Is the dream of home ownership over for a lot of people? No, I don't believe it's over. I do think that they are struggling. I think at eight percent, the buying power of your typical first time home buyer, for instance, younger buyer, younger couple. Um, I, I do think that they're struggling to find those houses, those opportunities, whether it be townhomes now or even condos. So for them, they are having to really, really look. Uh, the other dynamic that we're finding is that you do have those home sellers who would typically be moving out of those smaller homes or um, moving into the, you know, a, an upgrade of sorts. They're not doing that because they have those lower interest loans that they're not wanting to get out of. So so that inventory hasn't been coming on the market now for almost two years. And when you don't have that move up market moving up and staying place where they are now, that's where we're finding that shortage in those homes. Is that, is that the reason why home prices continue to go up even with interest rates? Because no a lot question. of people thought that the interest rates being 8% would cause the housing prices to go down, but that's not happening. It's not. I, I do see that there's a leveling. There's no doubt. So prices necessarily aren't always going up. We we do once in a while in a lower price point home find that we have multiple offers because we do have so many buyers that are in the market that are competing against each other to get into those homes. Uh, but that slowed down a bit as well. The idea, though, that those first time home buyers are just having to be super patient, really watch. 8% just really does take away that buying power. But there are a lot of programs available. So here's what we're seeing. We're seeing Idaho Housing stepping up. They have really great grant programs. You can use those grant dollars for rate buy-downs. That gives that home buyer some more buying power. We're seeing banks that are coming out with grant programs of their own. Uh, there's a community um, development uh, grant that's out there that most of their banks are utilizing to try to help those buyers. So if buyers think they're out of the market but haven't talked to a lender Go talk to a lender. Find out what do they have and go talk to your local bank, wherever you bank, and ask them what do they have. There are some great programs and grants that are out there right now. How, how does one qualify for some of these grants? Is it just a particular uh, type of income maybe? Sometimes it's the lower income. Mm-hmm. They're targeting those, those lower income families that are struggling to come up with that savings to be able to afford the down payment. So those programs exist for those. So there's sometimes income caps that are in play. Um, but a lot of times you just have to go in and make sure that you have, you know, good credit. But what is good credit? Good credit can be really anything from about 580 to 600 to 620. That's Most considered people, good credit these days? That's credit that's credit worthy to be able to qualify for a loan. Absolutely. So I think some people think that if it's not perfect credit, they don't have that 700 credit score or that 800 credit score that they can't afford or qualify. They actually do. There's some really great programs available for them. How many times do uh, you find you or your realtors running into people who are um, claiming, oh, there's no way I'm going to ever find a house that, as you just mentioned, haven't even talked to anybody to find out if that's even true or not? Most of the time. And, and we do, when we talk to our consumers and someone says, man, I just can't find anything, that's where you hire a professional. That's where you get a realtor that can be watching the market for you. Now, those homes that come on the market that are affordable in those price points, uh, they go quick. So you got to really be watching, and your realtor can help you do that. Are there still a, a good number of, say, starter home type uh, homes on the market? There's not a good number. They go, <laughs> they go fast. Uh, right now, just to give you an idea, that the broader market in Ada and Canyon County, we have right now right at two months of inventory. And if I can put that in perspective, a balanced market is six months. 
we haven't had six months of inventory in our valley now for a decade. Wow. Uh, but we hovered between two and a half months and three months before the pandemic. During the pandemic, we got down to one week, which is seven days, which means that if no new house came on the market in that seven days, we would be done in a week and not have anything to sell. We would have sold everything. Um, if we're hovering right now at two months, that we finally got there. So two months is not bad. But that's the broader market. That is everything that's available on the market. So at two months, that's still considered a seller's market, isn't it? It is. But when the buyers have a few more choices than they did versus the one or two weeks of inventory, uh, buyers do have choices. Buyers are being very prudent. They're being very careful. They, um, they watch those homes. So for sellers, my best advice is don't overprice your home. Uh, the buyers will not even look at it let alone make lower offers. You so have to be priced right. You've, you've seen the bidding wars kind of uh, that we saw during the pandemic where if you put, you'd get 30 offers on a house in a day, you aren't seeing that as much anymore? We're not. We're not. It, and some, like I said, in some of those lower price points, we would see maybe, I would say we've got five, six, seven you know, offers on those. That would probably be the most where before we had a couple that we saw 40 or 50 home, or offers on the same home. So... For the last three, four, maybe even five years, you, you have seen uh, people, experts, and also you know social media warriors, saying, "Don't buy now because the implosion is coming. The stock market or the housing market is going to implode just like it did in two thousand and eight, uh, and the value of homes uh, going to be you know half of what they are. So then you'll be able to get in and swoop in and get this great deal." Um, is 2023 or coming ahead 2024, do you see the same thing happening as what happened in 2008, 2009? No, I don't. In fact, what we expect is that when interest rates do subside a bit, and we do think they will, so they're at eight, they'll probably hover at eight for the rest of this year. So we, we are guessing that in that first quarter of next year, that interest rate relief will start to show. If we do see any lower rates than what we're seeing right now, we actually anticipate pricing to go up a bit because, again, we have an inventory crisis. We don't have a lot of inventory out there. If the demand, the buyers, come back into the market like we expect that they will because they have been pent up waiting for those interest rates to come down, when they do and those buyers come into that market, if we don't have the inventory, we're going to see those bids again and we're going to see that craziness. So we expect prices not to jump a ton, but we do expect them to rise. So... um with what we have seen going on here, the prices continuing to go up, 8% interest going up. Um, are you seeing right now nationally, and this is nationwide, people who are unable to pay their mortgage and starting to see some of these people who are defaulting on their loans like you did back in 2009? Well, I know you guys are watching the same thing that we are, and we actually work very closely with Freddie, Fannie, any of the GSEs, um, HUD, and we talk to them. We are at the lowest probably in a 60-year history of foreclosures right now. Uh, so, no, we are not anticipating that. A lot of our sellers have equity. If they do happen to find themselves in a situation where they are having trouble making their payments, they need to contact someone immediately, talk with them, see what their value is on their home. Most of our sellers these days have a lot of equity. So there's still opportunity for them to either get turned back around and keep the home or don't walk away. Make sure and get get a value and, and get it on the market. We can help you with that. But the foreclosure rate right now is at the lowest it's been in 60 years. If there's a person out there or a couple out there and they have halfway decent credit, they want a starter home, uh, how do, do mortgage uh, payments, uh, the, the average mortgage payment, how do they compare to rent these days? Oh, my goodness. You know, I think it depends a lot on the price point and the mm -hmm. area. Um, a lot of those starter homes, they're, they're right around that 1800 to $2,000 a month, I would guess. And that's with 
principal and interest, taxes and insurance. Uh, for rents, my gu- I don't know. It depends on where they're renting. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people that are spending that and then some on homes that they're renting as well. So if you're if you're in that rental situation and you're coming up where your lease is about due and you think maybe you don't even think you have good credit, just check. Find someone and talk with them and see what would you qualify I've, for. I've seen listings for studio apartments that were over $1,000. Yeah. For not much. Not exactly. True. Yeah. Exactly. Or you're seeing a lot of people that are um, housing together. There's, you know, three or four people that are going in just to try to afford it. Talking once again with Tracy Casper. She is the president of the National Association of Realtors, also a broker owner uh, of Treasure, uh, right here in the Treasure Valley of uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Need to take a break. When we come back, I uh, want to talk about something that's going on uh, across the nation, get more into some of the national stuff. And that is these big companies like BlackRock and other companies that are buying homes for sale and taking them off the market, turning them into rentals, and see uh, does the National Association of Realtors see that as a big problem? We'll get to that and more coming up here next. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. She is president of the largest trade group in the world, National Association of uh, Realtors, 1.5 million members strong. Um, before I get into that question I told you, I teased about when we were going to that, uh, as the president of the National, Asso- National Association of Realtors, what is your job? I mean, I know because I'm married to you that it's not a, a figurehead job and I know how hard you work, but um, what is your official job? responsibilities as being president? Well, as president, I do have a leadership team of seven of us. And so we are in charge of the day-to-day operations of our organization. But we're also in charge of leading about 4,500 committee members in all things real estate. We lobby uh, Congress. We lobby, of course, at the state and local levels as well. That's our biggest uh, piece, I think, of what we do is we advocate for property ownership. We advocate for private property rights. We advocate for fair housing. Uh, So that's our job is to make sure that our real estate industry is strong. It's robust. Uh, We are being challenged, interestingly enough, in all of those things right now of whether or not uh, any of our buyers um, need a representation or a representative helping them in the real estate transaction. So we're which is ludicrous to me because I can't imagine, as we just talked, when you have 40 people that are trying to get an offer in on one house, uh, they need to have people that are advocating for them and, and representing them. So that's our job is to take care of the real estate industry. It's no small task. All right, let's talk about um, the story came out a few years ago uh, about some major fund companies uh, like BlackRock. You know, there's another company from Canada that have bought up millions of homes throughout the United States. Um and have taken them off the market. So they're buying them not to resell them. They're buying them specifically to turn them into rentals. How big a problem is that for buyers in the country? And also, is there anything at the level of the National Association of Realtors that you guys can do about that? Well, first of all, it's a business decision. They are investors. Uh, we definitely, again, advocate for the entire real estate industry. So if, if anyone has a business proposition like that, we're not going to step in the way and say they, they shouldn't. However, how can we incentivize them? So we've been working with Congress to figure out, is there a way that we could offer maybe a lower capital gains um, tax or consequence to those investors where they would give up some of that single family product if they were to sell it specifically to an owner-occupant buyer? Uh, Don't just put it on the market because then you've got other investors are going to want to purchase that as well. But how can we get that in the hands of the owner-occupied buyer 
that is struggling to find a home to buy. Uh, so we're working on that. We're working on other incentives, even for owner-occupied properties, maybe to offer an incentive of a higher capital gains break or tax break for those owner-occupied buyers that would be um, subject to a capital gains if they had more than that two hundred fifty or $500,000 uh, profit. How could we incentivize those that maybe would be subject to some sort of a capital gains tax to be able to sell that? So we're working on the incentivizing and the incentive person, you know, part of that to be able to get in front of those investors and say, maybe give that up and go reinvest in something different. We're also, I'm, I'm just going to say one more thing. Um, we're looking at incentivizing commercial property owners. So we do know that in the commercial sector, you do have your uh, retail and some of the office spaces that are starting to be vacant. How can they repurpose those? So we're looking at that. How can we incentivize those property owners to repurpose into single family? Uh, Devin wrote in, um, asked a question, uh, email Mike at KPY.com. Uh, what was the thing you were talking about, buy downs, and how do I take advantage of that to get into my first house? Call your lender. Talk to your bank. They have rate buy downs that are available. They do cost money, of course, so that's what those grants can be good for. What What is a rate buy down? I mean, how does that work? You're paying money to bring your rate down from 8 to 7.5 to 7 and, and increasing your buying power. Okay. There you go, Devin. Hopefully that helps you out. And uh, as she said, call call an, uh, an expert to help. Thanks for coming in this morning. Uh, not that you had a choice, uh, but thanks, thanks for, for uh, yeah coming in to do your <laughs> commercials so that I can make you come in a little extra early. Uh, appreciate it. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we're going to be taking a break here for news. Coming up here next, after the top of the hour, would you like to go see Jason Mraz live in concert next year? It's going to be here August 3rd at Ford Idaho Center. Promised we were going to have another pair of tickets coming up for you. We'll tell you how to win those just after 9 o'clock. You will be texting at 208-336-3700 but we'll tell you what to text to win this morning. Don't forget, they don't go on sale, by the way, until 8 or 10 o'clock on Friday morning, so you're winning them before you can buy them. Once again, that's coming up here next. Plus, we'll take your phone calls and emails on the way. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That is uh, Jason Mraz, one of his big hits, Remedy. And Jason Mraz is going to be here next August. First time in seven years he'll have been in uh, Boise making his return. Tickets go on sale for that concert coming up here on Friday morning, 10 a.m. But we're giving away tickets before you can buy them all this week. And as a matter of fact, you have another chance right now. If you want to text Remedy, that's it. That's the name of this song, Remedy. Text the word REMEDY to 208-336-3700, and you will be in on the drawing for the Jason Mraz tickets. Win it before you can buy a tickets. Once again, uh, you'll have uh, about 50 minutes here to uh, get your texts in, and then we'll choose one at random from all the texts we received morning to get the, this morning to get those free pair of tickets. So once again, text REMEDY to 208-336-3700, beginning right now for your chance to win. I want to uh, congratulate our winner here earlier this morning of the BSU Bronco tickets, Mandy Zenick of uh, Boise. Congratulations, Mandy. Going to be headed to the Boise State-Wyoming game coming up here this 
coming Saturday afternoon. We have more tickets to give away. Nate Shellman will have another uh, pair of tickets to give away later this afternoon, so be listening in after 3 o'clock. Phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. We've got a variety of subjects we've uh, been talking about this morning. Um, the House is expected to vote on a fourth speaker nominee. That should be happening sometime around the end of our show today. They're expected to do that around noon. That's Mike Johnson. Yes. The Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, email in uh, here for you uh, this morning, Mike at KBY.com, since we're going to talk about this a little bit. Um, says, interesting that yesterday you and your news affiliate name-dropped Emmer repeatedly as if to help him by name recognition become the next Speaker of the House. And now that the Republicans look to have nominated an actual conservative that we can possibly get behind, not only have you not mentioned Johnson, at least not that I've heard, you haven't even mentioned the Speaker of the House race, and then it might be uh, over later today because it looks like Johnson may have enough support. Your thoughts? My thoughts are you don't pay very close attention. We spent about 10 minutes talking about this earlier this morning. Mm -hmm. We mentioned Mike Johnson's name. We mentioned that Emmer was put forward yesterday, just as predicted. I don't know if you paid attention to that. Emmer won the election yesterday uh, by secret ballot to be put forward, and then a few hours later, he uh, realized that he had just been nominated for the Speaker of the House and said, wait a minute, I don't want this job. And he took his name off the list, and and uh, it then went to Mike Johnson because he was the last man standing. Kind of like I mentioned earlier about the reverse lottery. <laughs> Get everybody's name in the hat, the last person. You draw out the name, and it's like, you have to be Speaker. Um, that kind of is what happened because Johnson did not win the initial vote, yeah. but with Emmer dropping out, that puts Johnson forward. Now, I will say, um, you are incorrect. I don't know where you're getting that. It looks like Johnson may have enough support because that, that we haven't heard that we have not heard. And as a matter of fact, if you want to look about how he doesn't have enough support, 40 people, um, voted other yesterday. In the secret balloting. So you can only have four people, four Republicans not vote. If all the Democrats, which the Democrats said that they're not going to help out Republicans, you can only have four people, if every Republican votes, vote for somebody else besides Johnson. Well, in, in, in the message there, he said that Johnson was a, a true conservative. wonder how he measures that. I don't know. That's kind of an opinion, right? Well, it is. I mean, some people think a true conservative is, you know, more like a, a Reagan Republican. Some people think you have to be more like Trump to be one. And then some people think that's not even close to being a true conservative. Yeah, it's gotten to the point today if, um, like, you don't believe in what the Freedom Caucus in Congress believes, then you're a rhino. You're not, you're not a true, you have to be far, far right where the Freedom Caucus is, or if you're more moderate conservative which most of America is, by the way, you're considered a rhino, Republican in name only. True. So, yes, we did talk about this this morning, but that that was the only updates that we really had to talk about. By the way, um, the other person that they voted for yesterday, 40 votes came in for Kevin McCarthy. So Kevin McCarthy, who was voted out, still getting... um, 
a good good hit of support. Funny. Even though he is he well, has said that he is going to support whoever was put out. However, in the vote too. however, just about every day he also uh, says he'd be willing to take the job again if 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 it comes down to that. As of right now, I mean, because only eight Republicans voted against him, he may have the best shot. Considering how many people have voted for others when all the other speakers have been put forward. Steve Scalise backed out because he did not have the support of enough people. They're just he doesn't. didn't even allow it to go to a vote. They haven't come up with anybody yet where you've heard all of the Republicans say, oh my goodness, why didn't we think of this person before? Because uh, this is the perfect candidate, and absolutely everyone would agree with this. I... Uh, did and I can't remember. I'm sorry. I apologize. I can't remember her name, but uh, one of the congresswomen uh, yesterday, reporter, had said. So um, I'd like to point out to you, and I'm sure you've noticed this, that not a single woman has been brought forward to uh, be nominated or hasn't even shown interest in being the Speaker of the House. And uh, she said, "Yeah, because we're too smart for that." Really? That's what she said. Hmm. Was it Marsha Blackburn? No, I can't. I, I apologize. I can't remember. I just found it funny yesterday when I was when I heard that, and it's was like, it, no, we're too smart what, for was that. Was it? Was it Katie Britt? No. Was it Shelley Moore Capito? Uh, keep going to the list, and I can, I can tell uh, you, I can't Susan, remember on each one. Susan Collins. Yeah, I can't remember. Joni Ernst. Was it Susan Collins? I would have remembered Deb, Susan Collins. Deb it was Fisher. somebody. I'd, it was somebody I had never heard of. Cindy Hyde Smith. Could be. Cynthia Loomis. Could be. Uh, Lisa Murkowski. No, I would have remembered her. Uh, I believe that's all. Of so the, one, uh, one of those that you mentioned is, fe- is one female of them that said it. Re- female Republican uh, House members. Yeah, one of those you mentioned is the one that said it. Okay. So the vote should be coming up sometime uh, after our show today. Nate Shemin will have you updated. We'll see if we have a new speaker. Um, so far, the only thing we've heard is that that is the only vote that will happen if they don't find a speaker on that vote. Based on the uh, past, um, it may be too emotionally charged, and uh, people will be sent home for the day to recover for a vote tomorrow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, um, some of you talked a little bit uh, about today, and another of the people who have been charged in the Georgia case has agreed to plead guilty in a plea agreement. And uh, this happened yesterday. Jenna Ellis pled guilty. I I wanted to talk a little bit about this this morning. Um, First of all, uh, let's take a listen. This is a conversation about after this happened yesterday, Jenna Ellis, um, um, very sorry for apparently what she had said what she had done previously leading up to uh, being charged. As tears streamed down her face, former Trump attorney Jenna Ellis expressed remorse in court. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. Alongside Rudy Giuliani, she told Georgia lawmakers that thousands of ballots were wrongly counted, with thousands of felons voting illegally and thousands of minors registering to vote. She now admits those claims were false. Like others who've recently struck plea deals, Ellis will serve probation and community service, pay a fine, and write an apology letter. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. He uh, left off a big thing because, uh, I mean, you can say this isn't even a slap on the wrist. And Ellis, you know, saying, tearfully talking about this, Mm -hmm. it sounds like she's obviously sorry. Um, Sidney Powell is not. 
Um, the thing that they left off about this, um, she pled guilty to felony aiding and abetting, false statements and writings. She agreed to the five years of probation and pay $5,000 in restitution. Her agreement falls under Georgia's First Offender Act, which means after the end of five years, as long as she doesn't do anything else to break the law, um, guess what? She didn't do anything. Completely taken off her record. Yeah. So not even a slap. That is, that not is, even a slap on the wrist. That is the way that works. Yeah. Not even a slap Kathy, on the wrist. Kathy McMorris Rogers, Washington. She the one that said it. Yeah, I found it. She, she said we're wiser. <laughs> I kept looking for we're smarter and couldn't find it. Yeah, uh, we're wiser. Okay. Um, and you know what? All those people I named off, come to think of it, are all senators anyway. I, oh, not, not... I didn't even name the House members. <laughs> there are more of them. Yeah, so I thought there was more than just that number. Them I'd have to look up. Uh, Ellis, by the way, one of 19 co-defendants charged in this case. Uh, so far, there have been uh, four. Powell agreed to testify in future trials in exchange for serving six years probation, $6,000 fine, and paying restitution of $2,700. Does not, like Jenna Ellis, will not lose her uh, license to continue to practice law. Kenneth uh, Cheesebro, another lawyer who developed the scheme to recruit fake presidential electors for Trump, uh, also pleaded guilty on Friday. Uh, and another co-defendant, bail bondsman Scott Hall, pleaded guilty last month to five misdemeanors, also agreed to testify uh, against uh, others in court. Now, the interesting thing about this, and we need to take a break here, but when we come back... Sidney Powell made the plea deal, pled guilty, agreed to testify in court. You would think if you plead guilty, this is, this is where the problem you run into when you give people such great plea deals. They can plead guilty and not believe in any way, shape, or form that they were guilty and can continue to say the exact same thing that they were found guilty of in the first place. We'll talk about that when we come back in what Sidney Powell has been pushing and saying since she agreed to the plea deal. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The sources say Meadows also disavowed some of what he wrote in his book that the election was stolen and rigged and there was actual evidence of fraud right there in plain sight. The sources say Meadows told the special counsel he saw no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome. Meadows is now among a growing number of former aides, allies and attorneys who have agreed to testify in cases against Trump. This is where it becomes problematic. And somebody just wrote in, is, is, writes in Mike at KBY.com. Is it me or is there a pattern emerging with Trump's co-defendants? So far as their first court appearance approaches, they plead guilty with an offer to testify against Trump, not looking good for him. The, the problem is that these people have agreed to truthfully testify. And that means truthfully testify whether it's good for the prosecution or bad for the prosecution. And one of the things I give uh, an example of happened in Trump's court hearing in uh, New York yesterday where Michael Cohen, his former lawyer, um, was testifying yesterday. And one of the things that they're able to bring up is the fact that Cohen lied previously in in a previous case. So uh, one of 
Trump's lawyers asked Cohen if he had lied to the judge in that case when he pled guilty to tax evasion, or is he lying today when he said he wasn't guilty of tax evasion? Cohen said yes. And then she went on to reiterate, so your testimony is that you lied in court to the judge in your criminal case, which Cohen then replied, ask and answered. Hmm. And the judge had to admonish him and say, um, "Sorry, but you don't get to be the person giving evidence in this case, and your own <laughs> and your own uh, lawyer." Um, and made him a- answer the uh, question mm. once again. So you have to tell the truth, and that's where it becomes problematic for the prosecution because now, in this particular case, you you have the judge instead of a jury, but the jury gets to weigh. It's like, right. okay, so if they've lied in a previous. Yeah, and trial, you, and, and now the, they're saying telling the truth. How do we know which time is the truth and which time is a lie? If you're the opposing attorney, you have to bring that up too, because you say, okay, this person, whether they admitted to a lie or were caught in a lie, they're a known liar now. Yeah, and can you believe anything they say, and uh, you know, or can you believe just some of the stuff they say and not other stuff? And how do you know? And I'll take that one step further, and this is where the problem comes in, because we told you how fantastic the plea deals that the people are getting right now where basically it's less than a slap on the wrist i mean they still have to pay a fine and but as long as they keep their nose clean for five years for jenna ellis and six years for Sidney powell they don't even have a record i mean it's like it never happened again now this is where it comes in to be a problem for people like Sidney powell Sidney powell pled guilty to interfering in the 2020 u.s presidential election but she still thinks that President Joe Biden's victory was illegitimate. On her social media accounts, Powell has continued, this is after she pled guilty and took the plea deal, has continued to push claims that the 2020 election was rigged and that prosecutors in Georgia who brought the criminal case against her were politically motivated. The newsletter shared uh, articles arguing the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, extorted her plea deal. All this is stuff she said after she reached her deal, her plea agreement last week. She's continuing to say the exact same things that got her in trouble in the first time. So even, which, even so though she's made a plea deal. Basically what she's saying is I did plead guilty, but I'm not guilty. Yeah. So therefore pleading guilty, she'd be guilty of, of lying to the court. There comes the problem. I, I don't in know court. that any, I don't know that anybody ever gets uh busted for you know pleading guilty when they're not but it's interesting though that it there wasn't specific wording in the plea deal in that all right you're accepting this plea deal you're you're agreeing uh to plead guilty and that means going forward you can't Mm -hmm. say that you weren't guilty because you've actually pled guilty um but we we talked about this when this started coming out it's like if it comes down to it if you're charged with something and you know that you didn't do it. Right. But there's a chance that you could go to prison for three, five, ten years or whatever, lose your law license, your, your ability to practice, because if you're charged yeah. and found guilty at of a felony, point, your license goes away. At some point, your lawyer says, here's the realistic thing, and what yeah. it comes down to is your best bet is to simply plead guilty, take their deal, and not have to do years and years in prison, et cetera, et cetera. Not only not do deals, but or years in prison, but they don't even get... However... They don't even get... It on their record, it's like it never happened. Like I said, I mean, I saw something the other night where a guy had been in prison for years and years. He didn't do it, and the DNA proved he didn't mm-hmm. eventually, but he never would take a plea because he did not want to say he was guilty yeah. because he wasn't guilty. Now, I wonder if you had offered him the same deal that these people got. Say, 
all right, uh, if you plead guilty, we're okay. going to char- we, we, we're going to we yeah. won't put you in prison at all. We've taken You'll the death penalty. Pay. Yeah, we've taken the death penalty and life in prison off the. Uh, for, you won't, you won't you have to go guilty, to prison if you plead guilty this murder to this murder. We'll give you five years probation. And not only that, but after five years, if you keep your nose clean, it'll be like the charges never exist. Do you think then that that guy would have taken that plea deal? We'll even bring the person back to life that you killed. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in this morning, feel free. Uh, We've got to take a break. News coming up here next. Don't forget, texts remedy to 208-336-3700. You've got about another 25 more minutes. Somebody's going to get Jason Mraz concert tickets from all the texts we receive. 208-336-3700, text the word remedy. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. The sources say Meadows also disavowed some of what he wrote in his book, that the election was stolen and rigged, and there was actual evidence of fraud right there in plain sight. The sources say Meadows told the special counsel he saw no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome. Meadows is now among a growing number of former aides, allies, and attorneys who have agreed to testify in cases against Trump. Once again, this uh, another example. So, were you lying in your book, or yeah. are you lying to us today? Should the publishers of your book take it off the market? Should you give back the money that you got for writing that book? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can see some of the problems... Because once again, and this is going to be brought up by the defense, it's like, well, if they're proven liars or admitted liars, as some of them are, can you believe what they're saying, even though, you know, they're under oath here in court? When do you know that they're lying or not? Because some of them have lied under oath in court before, Michael Cohen being one of them. Besides, the publisher would say, no, we don't have to take it off the market. We'll just move it to the fiction uh, aisle. David in uh, Nampa, listening online this morning. Uh, David, good morning. Thanks for being on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking me. Um, as I was telling the screener, I'm not really huge on the politics anymore. I think both sides are pretty corrupt, and I think a lot of changes need to happen. But I don't really follow this, so I need you to help me out if I'm wrong. Basically, what Donald Trump is accused of is wanting to have the ballots checked into, make sure they're legitimate, and get rid of the ones that weren't legit and make sure the count's accurate. Didn't we just have the same thing with the hanging chads how many elections ago? Back in 2000. So what's the difference between what he wanted and what occurred then? Well, some people are claiming that they have evidence um, that he actually tried to do some of the things illegally. So it's okay to say that you think it is stolen election. I mean, it, it happens every election. The Democrats did it when Donald Trump won back in 2016. Um, but if they can prove that he illegally did things to try to overturn the election that's where he could be in trouble and that's that's what the, he's being charged with and what they say that they um you know have proof of now they they can say they have proof of it but they're still going to have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury in a trial can you tell me what supposedly he did that was illegal it's it's not that it's uh, illegal per se it's just that uh he 
there are people who are testifying that he knew the 2020 election was completely legitimate and just kept saying it wasn't in order to try to stir people up because he might have a chance to stay president if enough people thought that. But they said that, like, in private, he would admit that everything was above board. And and I don't know. I think it's the uh, inciting people that he's, he's uh, probably most, I don't know, most uh, reviled for here, I guess. And we're going to. Well, I guess the phrase that I keep hearing that bothers me the most is when they say, oh, there is evidence of fraud, but not enough fraud to overturn the election. Well, what they're How talking about, what they're talking about is like, know? what they're talking about is like they went through and audited all these things and they found like, you know, two people in Arizona and five people in Georgia and three or four people in Texas, something like that, which is what they find every election. Yeah, there's fraud in every single right. election. And generally what they call fraud is that somebody, you know, was still on probation or something and didn't have the right to vote even though they thought they did so they registered and voted and okay that's fraud so you can't vote again but they don't believe there was any uh you know nationwide organization that was trying to uh, uh cheat on the election interesting well thank you for your input no, no problem until they come up with more i don't Still don't see the difference. Well, I know a, a lot of this we're not going to know. A lot of this we're not going to know either until the prosecution actually lays out their case because they don't want to lay out their case right now to everybody because that also gives the defense a chance to um, start working on the uh, case to you know prove them wrong. Um, so they're only going to turn over what they have to turn over in pretrial discovery. They're not going to just all open up and lay out their case. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're the proof we have or whatever. Um, they have to turn over evidence uh, in pretrial motions, etc. but they're not going to lay out their case. So we're not going to know a lot about where their case is going and what they're trying to prove until they actually make their open ar- arguments in a case, which could happen next year or the year after or the year after that. Well, I'll just go back to, I think both sides are way too corrupt, and unfortunately, <laughs> we the people don't have the guts to get rid of them. All right. Uh, thank you, David, for listening. Thanks for uh, calling in uh, with your comments this morning. Thanks. Appreciate it. Gordon, listening in council uh, this morning. You seeing snow yet in council? No. Okay. No, I'm not out of bed yet. All right. Anyway, not out of bed uh, yet. <laughs> Why would I, you be? It's only 940. It's It's... It's it's early. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm I think I'm agreeing with you when I say that I don't think it was a good idea to offer such a sweet deal to Sidney Powell. Now I, it would have been so much more better to have a trial, and then she would have had to have present evidence of of the fraud that she was claiming. And you know, one of the things was the was those voting machines from Venezuela that Hugo Chavez used to cheat in his elections. You know, I, actually, when Hugo Chavez last had an election, he was trying to get permission from the people to be able to run for president an unlimited number of times, and he lost that election. So that tells me that the machines were working like they should, and Hugo Chavez did not uh, get what he wanted. Uh, so that would have been an interesting <laughs> to bring that up in court. <laughs> but, um, yeah, don't you think it would be more fun to have that trial and have that 
Powell lady, you know, having being faced in prison or winning the case, you know. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, it was pointed out, and thank you for the call, uh, Gordon. It was pointed out too that this is a win for the prosecution. Um, even though, even if they don't use, for instance, Sidney Powell in the case against Trump, um, even though if, if even if they don't use anybody. Um, they've just agreed to testify possibly. There's no guarantee that they're even going to testify against Trump. But um, if they do, they have to testify truthfully. But it's a win for the prosecution because they've got guilty pleas from four of the people already. And I don't think they're done. I don't know what you think, Chris, but I don't think they're done giving plea deals as of yet. Because every no, time I'm, they get I'm, a guilty I'm, plea, it's a win for the prosecution. I'm thinking there are maybe 13, 14 more out there amongst the 19... Uh, uh, Steve in Boise, listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Uh, do you know the difference between the uh, uh, mail-in ballots of 2016 and uh, 2020? Not specifically, no. Uh-uh. 37 million. And, and provided, yes, we had a lockdown. You know, people, they didn't want to get out because of COVID. Right. But... Is there any other election in in history where both candidates got more than they got the previous time? Uh, Every election. No, no. Well, what I'm saying, though, is usually when one party gets more ballots, the opposing party gets less ballots. In this particular case, both parties gained Trump gained eleven million, and uh, Biden gained fourteen million yeah. over well, the pre well, or a over twenty sixteen. But a lot more people voted than voted in twenty sixteen. Y- yeah, by by mail in ballots. Now, see that's that's where I have a problem. Uh, the mail in ballots is where it, the questioning should be. Uh, you know, are all of those legitimate? I know there was a, a lot more that were not uh, uh, ruled out you know, provisional ballots, if you will, uh, in 2020 than had ever been before, too. So, you know, there's there's questions about that election. And I mean lots of questions that, that aren't getting answered. When they run an audit, they just look at the same numbers that they counted in 2020. They don't look at all the election ballots and says this, okay, is this one that only has one uh, pres- vote for president? Is that a, uh, uh, does that constitute a, a complete ballot? Is it can we uh, justify this? And, and that's where we're having the problems with the proof on this, is we can't get 81 million people that now still support Joe Biden, uh, particularly with his performance over the last three years. But, you know, I guess we'll just have to have another election and uh, monitor it a little closer, I think, is about the only thing we can uh, do moving forward, we can all look back and say that the 2020 election was one of the most contested and uh, had more um, irregularities than any election that I can ever remember in my lifetime. Yeah, well, uh, next tw- next year, 2024, um, we'll have a lot more eyes uh, on it, seeing, uh, of course, if there is a legitimate president this time. Unless, of course, you lose the election, and then, of course, it's an illegitimate uh, election. And I only say that because it's been said the last three elections in a row by the losing party.
208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Uh, lines are back open. Cleared those lines. By the way, you want Jason Mraz tickets. Final chance to get those in. Just text Remedy. That's uh, the name of one of his number one hit songs. Remedy. If you do that, you will be in on the grand prize drawing. One per- person chosen at random before the end of the show today to get those Jason Mraz tickets, which, by the way, don't go on sale till Friday morning, so you'll be one of the first people to have it. 208-336-3700. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 950-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless uh, email uh, in says, one of these days you guys are going to catch on. Trump is accused of racketeering. No one has ever been found guilty of RICO violations. They don't want to serve incredibly ridiculous, unjust sentences like the January Sixers. They plead guilty, get no prison time or record, and the left and media get what they wanted all along. Headlines that say Trump is guilty, whether or not he really is. It's election interference, nothing more. And now how is questioning the election any different than uh, Bush versus Gore? John and Eagle listening uh, this morning on 670 AM. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Go ahead. Hey, real quick. Uh, you know, the, the previous call, Steve brought up the uh, irregulars on our mail balloting. And, you know, that really has changed the dynamics of voting. You know, back in the, of course, in the good old days, you actually had to physically go in to a, a, a polling location and vote. And we can very easily correct this. Correct it very easily by number one. Just like if you have to go in and order a drink, you have to have you have to have show ID, who you are, and that you're legal to vote. Right there, that's all you'd have to do is you go in, you legally go in and vote, show your your ID. Doesn't have to be a driver's license, just some identification, and you vote. And that would clear up and correct ninety percent of the irregular that you find in 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 voting issues. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Um, it would probably make it uh, a little bit better, but I still think that you would have people, the losers in the election, go, yeah, there, there were still, you know, people with fake IDs, and uh, I, I think it might clean it up a little bit. But I, I still sure. think then, you would, then, you would still have would people. Be, if, if they just cleaned it up a little bit, and which is a start, what would be your solution to... The other issue that you run into is is that the other thing back in the good old days when things were a little bit, I think, in, in my opinion, better was you knew the next day who the winner was. And, and with mail balloting, yeah. it can take a month. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I think the starting is you physically, that's what I'm saying, with, with either of those fake ID. You know, it's you still physically have to actually go in yeah. and vote. And I know that sometimes if you're in military and things like that, that you have to have a provisional ballot. But but if you physically go in and say, this is who I am and I'm voting, that I'm not an illegal immigrant that's that came into the country and didn't follow our laws, uh, that would would stop, I would think, about 90 percent of uh, of the corruption that we find in our in our uh, elections. Thank you for the call, John. And I don't have a problem with that, going back to in-person voting with uh, very few exceptions. That's my personal opinion. Gary and Eagle, uh, we got about 30 seconds. 
Yeah, I just going to say that uh, if I remember right, Donald Trump questioned the 2000 election as far as a popular vote, too, didn't he? By three or four million. On, on which election? The 2000? On the 2016. Oh, 2016. Yes. And I just want to say, you know, as far as Fox, uh, what they have to pay out seven, eight hundred million dollars uh, to Dominion on uh, some of their uh, questionable mm-hmm. remarks. And Rudy Giuliani's pretty well bankrupt, and I guess Mike Lindell can't pay his legal fees now either. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not that upset about the election myself. So. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is an email, Mike, at KBY.com. But Powell didn't plead guilty to claiming the election was rigged. But for what she did, actually interfered the voting process, illegally assessed voting, uh, access voting machines, voter data, and outlet charges where she actually physically acted on her claims. It's not the claiming part they're guilty of, but acting on those claims. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, Powell, you know, actually did do or was accused of doing some of those things. However, once again, she she agreed by pleading guilty, but is now claiming she didn't do those things, even though wonder, she's pled guilty what, to it. What would it be like if none of them had pled guilty and they all just, fought, you know, went in together and fought this thing? Yeah. I don't know. I guess we're not going to know. Not going to find out, though, are we? Thanks for the phone calls and emails. Uh, we'll get a hold of the winner of the Jason Mraz tickets. We'll have more chances to win tomorrow.